For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Like we'd rather someone hurt us, like, and give us an excuse to break up with them than to just like walk away. Welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centered around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. This episode is all about relationships. Reacting and getting triggered by Daniel Sloth's comedy special Jigsaw my guest and awesome big sister, Sylvie Gifugu, and I discuss relationships. After the end of our relationships, Sylvia and I reflect on the importance of self-love within a relationship, identity within a relationship, and when to leave a relationship. Several disclaimers before we begin this episode. Number one, Sylvia and I start talking about the film Malcolm and Marie. However, there was not enough time to include that content. So in the beginning, we do say that we're going to discuss it, but we don't. However, if you would like to hear what we did say, let me know and I'll drop it. Um, Number two, although we talk about our past relationships, it is simply and primarily from our own perspectives and it is our truths. So please do not speculate. And number three, you already know by now. The audio, the audio, I'm working on it, we're, we're working on it, but without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode, so let's get into it. So this episode of Miseducate is featuring a special guest, my sister, it's yeah. my sister, clap for Sylvia, my coffee, my coffee, my coffee, my coffee, you haven't said that in a while, <laughs> a long time, <laughs> but yeah, hello everybody, hello listeners, I am Sarah's older sister, Sylvia, <laughs> we literally are the, pretty much the same person, so if you've seen me, you've seen Sylvia, and if you've seen yeah. Sylvia, you've seen me, yeah, yeah, much. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is my older sister, Sylvia, she is mm-hmm. a worker of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I work in marketing. She works in marketing. Try to, <laughs> to give her the accolades that she deserves. She works in marketing for a software company, but the yeah. best accolade of them all is she's my sister. 
to have a very close proximity to royalty. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. She is Sarah Gathugu's sister. That is yeah. her accolade. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had to have my sister come on because simply we just give podcast content for free to each other. Okay. Yeah. If you had listened to our voice notes, you would. Yeah. That's therapy. Thank yeah. You. you have been therapized. You're welcome. <laughs> but Sylvia, would you like to tell the audience why? what is this episode is about yeah so we recently I think because it was Valentine's Day and um I don't know when everyone's going to listen to this (laughs) maybe I shouldn't be saying the dates so well it's just like recently been Valentine's Day we watched Malcolm and Marie and I think like love and relationships have just been our biggest discussion at the moment so we thought well why not talk about love and relationships and like our truths and our lessons that we've learned um from it really so yeah and I think also because we we're in quite a bit of a unique situation where we both recently came out of two long-term relationships and I think it was like both our first long-term relationships as well um and yeah we've learned quite a lot from them and yeah I think it's I think it'll be interesting to talk about it and (laughs) what we've learned and um yeah before we (laughs) get into Malcolm and Marie we did both yeah. watch what's his name Daniel Sloss <gasps> Daniel Sloss Sloss we yeah we watched his comedy special called Jigsaw and it's yeah. on Netflix and it dragged the both of us we yeah. were dragged we laughed yeah. we cried yes <laughs> separately as well not even together <laughs> separately <laughs> we laughed we cried we fell in love. I think I fell in love a little bit with Daniel Sloss. I did too. I was like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know those TikToks where somebody's like, what's wrong with me? I've never felt like this. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, wait, you're not attractive at all. But like, for some reason, something's happening. I don't, don't understand what's going on. I yeah. Like, I think it's his like his sense of humor his delivery and his intelligence that's yeah. what it is it's like all of that combined together I'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it's just smooth he did it in such a smooth way but it's- the main kind of premise of what he was talking about in Jigsaw is this kind of metaphor analogy Jigsaw which is what his dad gave to him when he was a child and how his dad said that life was like a jigsaw puzzle and Mm. how you have one corner that's like friends family you have another corner that's like your job your career movements another corner that was like what was the other corners hobbies oh yeah another corner that was hobbies and then the last corner that was like I think friends and family were separate oh friends and family were separate but friends in one corner family in the other and then Mm. you have hobbies and interests and then you also have your career yeah career so then he then asks his dad okay so you've got the outside pieces but what's in the middle and his dad says well son that is your partner your partner is the middle piece Mm. and he basically says 
that this idea of, you know, having your partner in the middle gives this sentiment of, if you are not with someone, then you are incomplete. That this mm. person has to be the myth, they are the missing piece. Mm. And he basically says, like, we'd rather have something than have nothing so that we can feel complete. Yeah. Carries on to say that people are not jigsaw puzzles. They are deep, complex individuals just like yourselves and that we're more in love with the idea of love than Mm -hmm. actual people because we are urging ourselves. We are so in need to be complete. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So many truths. He was deep. I was like... So many truths, right? Yeah. And I was just like, it was interesting... um, this whole perspective coming I also thought it was interesting that it came from a man like because I feel like as women you know we try to empower one another you know remember that you know our worths are way more than male attention um and we do that a lot because obviously we're trying to um overcome this competition that has been put on us from the patriarchy that we are in competition for like the male gaze so you know um yeah I I think I've heard these messages a lot from women like you know you will be independent do you boo but I think it was really good coming from him because it was like a universal message it wasn't just like aimed to women it was like to everyone because um as much as like yeah um yeah, the, the message is just applicable to everyone, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. to um, young people, not just to uh, women. It's applicable to everybody. Like, so in all walks of life, like, and what I really liked um, that really, like, kind of got me was, um, he, I think he said something along the lines of um, time, what was it? Time is not, does not equal success or something like that. Like the length of time that you've been in a relationship um, does not equal success. And I was like, oof. Um, because I feel like so often we look at people's relationships and we're like, oh, they've been together for so long. Oh, that's so amazing. Um, how do they do it? Blah, blah, blah. But honestly, like, I also remember a friend saying um, something along you know, similar line saying, you know, we often look at people in relationships and we think that the uh, the success of a relationship is how long people have been in that relationship. When really, the success of a relationship is what you learned, what you learned about yourself, what you learned about another person, what, what lessons you learned. It's not necessarily how long you were like together with them. And I was like, that is so true because I think sometimes, um, we think like oh um yeah like we need to (laughs) we need to stay in it and I also remembered like just before I got into my um my last relationship well my only relationship in my life (laughs) um I remember like a good friend of mine also saying like they talked about their previous relationship and they said um that they had been together for like I think it was like on and off for like six years and he was like you know I think that we probably knew it was no you know it wasn't going to last and we should have called it quits earlier but then there's this issue when you get into relationships where it's like 
I don't know whether this is like hard and this is just how relationships should be and it's a struggle to be with another person or we should like um or we're just not to, meant to be together it was like it was really hard for them to cipher which one it was it's like is it should we not be together or is it because um relationships are hard and they suck and you just got to struggle through it and I guess what I really liked about um Jigsaw was like he was just like relationships aren't supposed to be hard I think there is to an extent yes to a degree yes it's going to be it's not going to be easy but it shouldn't be hard either you know Mm. there should be some middle ground because I didn't I I was like I don't agree everything he said like he was like oh yeah if you don't like 100% of me then you need to get lost whilst yes someone should accept you for who you are I don't think they're gonna love 100% of who you are no one loves 100% of who anybody is Mm. I mean you know like but you don't try to change them so yeah Yeah. I was like yeah (laughs) yeah I think like what he was saying about like where is like for me I was just kind of thinking like where is the middle ground of knowing and deciphering and discerning like this is not for me this is not for us and mm. like this is just like we're just gonna have to go through the the hills and valleys of this relationship mm. I don't I don't know I don't yeah. really, really know I don't think that there's a clear-cut answer I think a lot of the time we we like to read these relationship books and we like to listen to about love and relationships probably because we feel like there's we've been convinced that there is some set formula that we're supposed to like go through Mm. but there is none there Mm. is none it's very subjective to each individual kind of like experience yeah and each individual relationship and then like yeah there was as he was talking about it in his comedy special he was like kind of like talking giving this example of like the extremity of not wanting to leave the relationship where it's like Mm. love love for this person but you prefer they leave or they die. Yeah. Yeah. You can't leave. And he was, he was, he, he gave us, it was really funny. I don't want to ruin the joke, but like, it was like this extreme of they have to leave me. I can't leave them. Yeah. And it's either they physically walk out of the door or they physically die because yeah. I do the work. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of questioned myself and I was like, why do we do this? Like, mm. is it an insecurity or is that too much of a simple excuse? yeah I I don't I don't know I don't know because I did find myself in this situation where I was like I can't be the one to leave I can't (laughs) I was like no when I knew I needed to but I was like no I'm not like I I I was just like I don't know why it was so difficult to make that decision it was so difficult and I just don't know why yeah I couldn't I couldn't do it and in some sense I was like relieved when I heard him (laughs) talk about how he also struggled with it because I was like oh this is interesting and then also I talked to my housemate and she was like yeah I also like felt like that and I was like oh why do we feel like this like why and we go through such extreme lengths of like okay I know I want to break up with her but then you know I'm gonna just be like picking on whatever they do as their and then I'm gonna be like yeah that's (laughs) inconceivable 
I have to leave because you came home from the supermarket with orange uh, orange juice that has pulp in it. <laughs> I am going to break up with you because of that. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> I actually like orange juice with pulp. So I would have been like, God damn it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's like it comes from... Maybe it's also like, I think by the time you get to, I don't know, a couple years in, you've like met the families, you've met um, friends and everything. And I don't know whether it's a case of like, you don't want to appear like the bad person. Mm. Like you, I think it's also the, at least I think for, for me, sometimes it was like, I didn't want to appear selfish. Mm. Like just breaking up with someone. Just yeah, I'm just gonna break up with them. Like no, no, that's it. I think um, I was like, oh, that would be so bad of me. That's so selfish. Like we'd rather someone hurt us, like, and give us an excuse to break up with them than to just like walk away or just even push them away. Like yeah, in ways that yeah, just to just so that they make that decision. But I think. Maybe it's like a lack of self-love um, to put our needs and our wants first rather than, um, yeah, it's like putting everybody else's needs above your own, I mm. guess. I don't know. It's interesting because it's also what he says in the special. He's like, you never learn to love yourself. So you employ someone to love you because, you mm. never, because you've never learned to be alone. And I feel like that is definitely something that you need to be able to do when you're in a relationship like you need to when you're single or in a relationship like you need to be able to love yourself Mm. and I find it so interesting now that I'm single because I remember having a conversation with a a friend of mine who said who just said to me like she she was a Christian so she said like to me it came across as the typical Christian line but mm. I think about it now and I'm like, oh, I get what you mean now. And she said to me, she was like, um, just guard your heart. And she said it with this kind of look in her eye that was like really, really serious. And mm. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm fine. My heart is going. My heart is happy. My heart is very happy right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> and now I think about it and I was like, because I knew where she was coming from. She was coming from, she had just stepped out of a relationship herself. So when Mm. she had told me that, I was like, it's just because you know, you've just gone through that breakup. And I have to look at myself and kind of check myself for thinking that, for thinking that I was somehow like, I don't know, better than her. Mm. Exempt of heartbreak. Yeah, like I was was like, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Not to me. Not to me, sweetie. (laughs) but um I think about it now and I'm like oh that's what she meant and I do think that she was definitely talking about like self-love and like from her own story I'm not gonna say what like her story was but like um from her telling me about her relationship and everything that she had gone through I now make more sense of it now and what she was trying to tell me like the details Mm. of her relationship in comparison to the details of mine are not comparable at all but the essence of what she was trying to say was you need to love yourself 
You mm. need to know yourself in this relationship. You need to distinguish who you are from the other person. Yeah. And I was very big. I was a very big advocate for being an individual in my relationship. I was very big. I'm still big on being an individual in my relationship. But I think that I definitely lost myself along the way. I definitely mm. lost myself. And I did share this with um I did share this with him and I did say like I feel like I'm losing myself. Um mm. I think it's something that we both had in common like we were losing parts of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we don't talk about enough is that you need to love yourself. Mm. Like, you need to entirely love yourself and every decision that you make in this relationship just as much as the other person as well like is this yeah. okay with you and that's yeah. and it's like what he was saying in the special like it doesn't come easy self love you think it would come easy because it's like i know myself i look at myself in the mirror all day i'm in my own head i already know how i like how i am but self love does not come easy at all it's something no. that you actively have to do yeah and as i've said in like previous blog posts and previous podcast episodes it's self love is not something that is is just like you know words of affirmation and you know having a little spa day da, 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 da. it's also mm-hmm. being aware of yourself aware mm. of yourself when you're by yourself but also aware of yourself more importantly when you're around other people like who do yeah. you become and yeah. who are you doing this for why are you making these choices this is yeah. not about relationships but also about friendships like why are you allowing this person to step all over you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you allowing this person to do this? What are you afraid of? Who are you yeah. doing this for? Yeah. I think if there's something that he said that like I didn't necessarily agree with is that he said the worst thing is to spend the rest of your life with the wrong person. And mm. I was like no, the worst thing is to allow yourself to spend the rest mm. of your life with the wrong person. You Yeah. Can- yeah autonomy and I feel like sometimes in relationships and this does come back into self-love but like in relationships in friendships in relation to other people we almost willingly give up our own autonomy yeah and yeah we give it to that other person so that they can now control our lives because for some reason we don't want to be in the driver's seat we don't want to be responsible we don't want to be accountable we want somebody else to do life for us yeah it does not make sense but no, still do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still do it. And I just, I don't understand, like, why do we still let people get away with stuff? Why do we not take ownership and the reins over our own lives? Mm. I guess because we have this expectation that this person is supposed to complete us. And thus, they're going to take responsibility and accountability and yeah they're just gonna yeah be this amazing person and do everything for us but that's that's really not the case I think one of my biggest learning curves has been like self-love does not stop when you get into really into a relationship because I think it's so easy to preach self-love when you're not in a relationship because everyone's like oh you know be by yourself be alone love yourself but that self-love yeah like it just needs to continue on it's a continuation every single day of your life um always making choices that are self-serving that 
meet your needs that meet your jigsaw that meet um what you want in life um and yeah I don't know when it comes to I think because we always preach about compromise compromise relationships and I don't think we preach enough about like also um prioritizing your needs in a relationship um I also think women are taught from a very young age um to prioritize the needs of literally everybody else around them except themselves Mm. um and actually I had this conversation with my housemate where we were like we have seen in so many relationships at least heterosexual relationships um where women are always the ones that are making the biggest sacrifice or making the biggest uh, compromise in order to make the relationship work. And we were like, but why, why is it? Why? We were trying to like get down to the why. And the only thing we could be like, it's just because we've been taught from a young age to, um, to put everybody else's needs above our own. And it's only like now, I mean, it's good that we're learning it but it's only now in like the mid to late 20s that we're like actually I matter what I want matters and that is that is important um it's almost like I wish I knew this like at an earlier stage because there's a lot of experiences and a lot of things that I put myself through that I would have never put myself through um a lot of wayward things that people say work school uni like in all different texts where I look back and I'm just like wow why did I allow that like you know like those TikToks where they're like oh when you remember <laughs> they do this and it's like uh, uh, like wincing every time <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like that's how I feel like sometimes when I think about things where I'm just like wow I really let that person walk all, o- all over me like I really let them say that and I didn't stand up for myself um and yeah I don't know I don't know it's um it's it's a hard one it's a a difficult one (laughs) I honestly think if we had more self-love for ourselves that that would be different if we were taught to like prioritize ourselves it would Mm -hmm. be very it would be a very very different thing yeah like the whole playing field of relationships would look so Mm -hmm. different because Mm. like I don't know I feel like I look at um (laughs) let me bring up my A-level psychology facts um (laughs) so if you look at I think is is the Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah like your you need your physiological needs complete first before you look at like getting love and respect from other people yeah and I'm just kind of like sometimes we honestly do neglect that we neglect that to give somebody else um what they need and Mm. it doesn't work like that we it it doesn't work like that you can't give to people from an empty place yeah 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 it comes back in vain yeah it doesn't do anything it doesn't it it may seem like it's doing something for um the other person Mm. but it's really not it's doing nothing for either of you it's causing them to leech off you yeah just to be drained and incomplete like incomplete within yourselves yeah yeah and then it becomes a losing game for you yeah completely and I think also it's like that um 
what's it called it's like the thing the thing in the plane where they always tell you put your mask on first before you help others including like your own children like who are unable to put their own masks even then you need to prioritize putting on your mask because if you're not in a place of you know if you're not in a healthy place if you're not breathing how are you going to be able to help others and I guess that is so applicable in relationships and in life really I mean if you don't help yourself first how are you going to be able to help anybody else and when you talked about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs I thought it was quite interesting because I heard like Shambudi on her Instagram story one day was talking about how on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, how our need for relation, intimate relationships and friends comes actually before like self-actualization. So like our esteem, our needs for ourselves, our relationships and love and intimate relationships comes before like the needs to fulfill ourselves and it's almost like actually self-love and self-esteem should really come before friends and family and I I don't um disagree that you know we yes we need community we need people no one should be an island um without any friends and stuff but honestly like um I think self-esteem and self-actualization is so important because then it determines the type of relationships we allow ourselves to be part of because um what when Shambudi was talking about it she was like oh it's interesting because this is the first time I've like seen that um love and intimate relationships comes before self-actualization so it's like ah then that means like you know when you see people in abusive relationships um the reason that they continue to stay in them is because their need for to have that person around even if they're abusive is higher than their need for themselves and I was like oh my god I was like I was like oh my god like I mean it makes so much sense but it's just like this is not okay (laughs) this is not okay (laughs) I'm like uh, yeah I need people and in my life but also like I think we also need to um not underestimate the 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 other types of relationships and great relationships we can have in our lives that are not romantic you know I think we really downplay those um yeah it's important to to have them in your life because they fulfill other areas and also when you get into a relationship and you do get into a romantic relationship um just remembering not to like neglect those other parts as well and remembering that even if you're in a romantic relationship with someone they cannot be your everything they are another person they're just another human being that's trying to find their own way in life and um yeah I think as well as like our need for love I think our expectations that we also have on a partner are completely unrealistic completely unrealistic so unrealistic (laughs) if there is if there's something that like I really had to like grapple with and learn it's that the expectations I had in my relationship was so unrealistic they were so (laughs) unrealistic like I remember this one time where we, like, my previous partner really showed me that, he really showed me, like, I can't read your mind. 
Mm. I can't read your mind. If there's something that mm. he had to say repetitively to me, it was that he can't read my mind because yeah. I had expectations and I kept saying it like this and da, da, da. And he would always call me out on it. And he'd be like, why do you keep talking about it like that? Why do you keep mm. talking about it as if you're disappointed? And I'm like, I'm not. But he's like, but you are because you keep talking about it. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what had happened was like I have unrealistic expectations. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Obviously, it was yeah. something like we really had to like grapple with, but more me specifically because I had these very unrealistic expectations of what I thought a relationship was supposed to look like. Yeah, for me, it was like looking at everything that he would do for me in isolation instead of in comparison to, to the things that I was indoctrinated in by movies or the church yeah. or patriarchy or whatever, like, yeah. or culture and tradition as well. Like, instead of looking mm-hmm. at it, like in comparison, like, oh, you know, they do that in the movie and they did that this, and then this happened and this happened and this happened. Instead of looking at it like that, looking at mm-hmm. it in isolation. And I was like, it was better. It helped me to try to, better judge um how I truly felt about something I also had to think of it in in the way of like I never liked when people put expectations on me and mm. it's kind of narcissistic to say because it's like oh it's about you you should have already been thinking about the other person and put yourself in the other person's shoes but like I know I've done it a lot in previous people that I've well this was my first relationship but like with previous people that I was in situationships with I never liked them putting their expectations onto me because I was very easily like moldable. So whoever mm-hmm. they wanted me to be, I was going to be that person. Yeah. I was going to be that idea because I just wanted them to stay because I was yeah. insecure and I just wanted them to stay. So mm-hmm. like, for example, I'll give this example because I actually think it's such a violent thing. I think it's a funny story. I love that story. I think it's a great story, but I've learned so much value <laughs> from it afterwards. But basically, there was this one night in my first year where me and my friends went out and <laughs> we're about to go out. We're in the kitchen. For some reason, we always had this weird fascination with opening the window. So like we open the window. There's a guy outside. He's cute. I'm like, hey, who are you? He's like, I'm <laughs> so-and-so I'm not gonna say people's names I'm so-and-so um and he's like what's your name and I'm like oh I'm this oh I'm Sarah you know my name <laughs> this person. you're gonna anonymize your name <laughs> no one can know who I am um but no he said his name all this different thing there was some flirting back and forth and I remember my housemate said to me oh my gosh you guys are like Romeo and Juliet because you met outside of a window and the kind of like Romeo Romeo well felt that Romeo <laughs> um I was like oh my god no stop guys stop carry on carry on carry on Keep <laughs> so then we go out to the club mm-hmm. to the club to the club <sighs> those days um we go out to the club when clubbing wasn't illegal <sighs> <laughs> we go out to the club and I see him again there and it's like oh how you doing and then other shenanigans ensued that night. I don't want to talk about too much. I can't say too much about what happened. <laughs> but then we come back from the club, other things ensue. Um, and then I see this guy again, this particular guy who I'd met, 
so then basically we're sitting outside we're talking and stuff like that and we we literally like I can see my kitchen from where we're sitting and talking we're sitting down we're talking he's smoking he's like do you want some and I'm like <laughs> just trying not to say no because I was like you can't not be cool be cool because at this point all I've mm. ever known was church <clears throat> yeah so like I was just trying to be as cool as possible as together as possible yeah flipping it I'm from Coventry mate I don't know <laughs> London lingo okay so he was telling me he was like before I went to uni for those people that are people from London might listen to this and be like wow Coventryans <laughs> are pathetic because I'd never in my life heard what you saying before I went to uni <laughs> when he said what you saying I was like I've not said anything what are you talking about <laughs> I've not said a word, mate. What are you? What are you on about? <laughs> I was like, oh, I think he's asking me how I am. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> but then we're still talking different things, and I can see my window from where we're sitting, and I look at my window, and I'm like, look, that's where we met. And he was like, yeah, that's like some Romeo and Juliet stuff. Okay, I'm very much not. I'm PGing what he said. He was like, yeah, that's I can tell, even the way you said it. <laughs> he was like, that's some Romeo and Juliet stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what did you just say? And he was like, Romeo and Juliet. We're like Romeo and Juliet. And I was like, oh my God, because like my friend just called us Romeo and Juliet. And he was like, okay, from now on, you're Juliet, I'm Romeo. And then it was this whole thing of like, I don't know. I feel like from that night onward, every time I saw him, I just tried to replay this beautiful, magical moment in my head. Mm. So I had this expectation of like, Romeo, Romeo, da, da, da. like he would yeah. never call me Sarah. He always called me Juliet. And I always kind of played this role of being Juliet until mm. I realized, hey, I think I might like this guy. And I, I actually want to get to know him and I want him to get to know me. Yeah. And once I stated, this is what I want, like, call me by my actual name call me yeah by, calling me Juliet then it was kind of like ghost never heard from him again never mm. again. never yeah. again heard from him because it was like I stated that this is who I want to be and if anything I look at it now because I'm like he wanted one thing I wanted another it was never gonna work so yeah at least he didn't like lead me on yeah but I remember in that moment just kind of being like who did I need to be like why couldn't I just continue to be Juliet and I think that a lot of the time because we know that people love the idea of a person rather than the actual person mm. we are more likely to try to be that person mm. we try so yeah. hard to be the person that they want us to be because yeah I know you don't want me because at the same time I don't want you I didn't want mm. this guy I wanted yeah. I wanted the romance of it all that's what I was trying to constantly replay. And we both yeah. wanted two different things that we couldn't give to each other because we liked the idea of each other. We didn't like mm. the person. No, that, uh, do you think also that's why people don't, um, I don't know if it's necessarily like have unrealistic expectations, but then also don't put their needs first and don't put what they want first because it's like if I prioritize what I want and my needs then I'm going to miss out on this person and instead of remembering that there are as Daniel Sloss said many times in his um in his comedy special there are 7.5 
billion people in this planet, you will find another one. <laughs> and I guess like, I think sometimes we really do lose sight, like, or at least I, I do, like, oh, I found this person. They tol and it's not even like they love me 100% for who I am. No, they tolerate me. And I'm like doing the absolute most for someone who's just like tolerating me. And I'm just like, just get it together. <laughs> the amount of times I used to listen to different artists just mm. so that I had something in common with another guy was ridiculous. Like I have listened to Travis Scott, Frank Ocean, I love Frank Ocean now. So like, don't get it twisted. But yeah. like, I first listened to Frank Ocean because of a boy. Sarah, at least these are cool artists. I know they are. Remember cool. when I was in school and I listened to Muse? <laughs> I listened to Muse to impress this little white boy <laughs> in my class. You listen to Muse. You listen to Paramore. Oh Paramore. My God. My God, people, I was doing the most. <laughs> For the little boy in food tech. Oh God, let's not say his name. I'm not <laughs> saying his name. And we're from <laughs> school is listening to this. <laughs> I'm listening right now and trying to put all the pieces together and they're like, yeah, oh, so oh my God. Food tech. Yeah, I listen to this nonsense. Oh gosh, just so that like, I could have something that we could talk about, like, hey, guess what I listen to? <laughs> Absolute nonsense. I've never listened to it. <laughs> never listened to that nonsense ever again. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I got something cool out of it in comparison to you. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know. We just do these reckless, nonsensical nonsense <laughs> to just, like, appease um people instead of just being ourselves and being like I guess that's the part maybe Daniel was like just be yourself and someone should just love you for that you know when he was like oh if they don't love you 100% blah 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 like get lost I guess what that maybe that's what he necessarily not necessarily that somebody is going to love 100% of you like <clears throat> all the time da, da, da. but it's like they're not trying to change you and you shouldn't try to change for them you should just be yourself but I think a big part of being yourself is also knowing yourself and loving yourself firsthand mm. because if you don't know yourself and you don't love yourself firsthand how do you remember to stay true to yourself very true very yeah. true yeah. I also feel like it's kind of like a societal thing it's like we're not taught to love ourselves but then if you look into wider society like the expectations and these like ideas of ourselves that we give to others it comes from the way society already treats everything else mm. you advertise yourself you just mm -hmm. want somebody you want to convince somebody to buy the product before they before they can buy the product so that when they do it's like, oh, there we go. You've bought the product. Now you can see the reality. It's like expectations and reality. Like mm -hmm. when McDonald's advertises a new burger and in comparison to what you get, it's completely yeah. different. Two yeah. different, completely different images, but you still eat your meal. Yeah. You still, your meal. <laughs> you still get on with it. <laughs> yeah, you still get on with it. And it's like, um, 
you advertise yourself, you become whoever this other person wants you to be because society has taught us to believe that we are commodities, that you need to buy mm-hmm. us. We've not yeah. given ourselves the like the decency and the self-respect of, I am a human being, I am complex, I have all these different um, uh, nuances and things that like I'm working on as a human being because like I'm always constantly, as Kalechi says in her podcast, I'm a dickhead in recovery. Um, Amen. (laughs) It's like I'm constantly working on myself. I'm never going to be perfect, but it's like I'm trying to convince you that I am so that you buy me. And it's like, but I'm not an object. Why are you objectifying yourselves? Yeah, yeah. That's not who you are. Yeah. We're not here for the yeah we're not we shouldn't necessarily we shouldn't have to sell ourselves essentially like you know we're not products we're not commodities as you said we should just yeah be our authentic selves and if and that should essentially attract who a person if if we even want a person in our lives because you know there are many people who live their lives like well, I don't know if there's many I don't know statistics, but there are people who live um, a partnerless life and, you know, they they get on with life. And I, I think like because also because in mainstream, we just don't know. Um, I guess it's almost like we don't advertise or we don't publicize lives that are like childless or lives that are partnerless, that it's almost like this is all we know. And it's like, oh, yeah, if you don't do that, then oh, you're like defying life. Like you're going against what we should naturally do, which is, I guess, get together with a partner and multiply. But that is not always healthy. I mean, when you get into a relationship, I've never said like I learned so much about myself being in a long term relationship. Um, It was almost like it's like what they say in. Um, about marriage that it's like a mirror (laughs) like they show it's a mirror to your face and I thought you know before getting into a relationship I have to say I thought my life was great I thought I had a regular upbringing Um, and then I realized wow I have so many problems (laughs) I have so many problems (laughs) I was like wow and then you know and um yeah that's a bit of a slap in the face I have to say (laughs) and you know I think when we get ourselves I don't I'm not saying like don't get into relationships I mean I definitely think you know you learn um a lot about yourself being in a relationship and getting and getting to know someone like that intimately but like and I I can't imagine like also like marriage probably does that times 10 then having kids times 20 like you know and then now you start when you have kids then you start passing down these behaviors and these habits that may be healthy may not be healthy you don't know you know it's just you just pass on all you know really essentially and that's all you can do you can only do the best with what you know in that period of time and I think if we just learn to like educate ourselves, make ourselves aware of um, our dickhead ways, (laughs) then we can like 
stop I guess you know when people love to talk about generational curses I'm like it's not generational curses it's just a bunch of people that didn't go to therapy (laughs) it's just behaviors learned behaviors learned patterns that people refuse to break because they refuse to look introspectively and be like oh actually I contribute to this toxic way this toxic behavior or this you know bad way of yeah just this toxic behavior and instead of like looking at themselves and being like okay I need to change this about myself they just pass on this to generations and generations and generations and you know at home you have your own culture when you're in your family and your home even just the way you cut onions the way you do this and where you do that and it's not until you like live with other people and other people are like oh why do you do that or why do you wash dishes like that or why do you do this or what do you do that why do you eat that it's only until you live with other people like at uni and they start asking or with a partner or whatever it's when you start realizing that actually a lot of the things that I think are normal are not normal to other people. Like it's just a culture that you've learned at home. And if you never have anyone challenge that, you never have anyone question that, um, you, you're going to think it's completely normal. Or you're going to think it's it just, yeah, just the patterns just pass on. And yeah. That's why it's, it's so important to like, get and venture out of your own bubble for example like going to university for me was venturing outside of my own bubble it was venturing Mm -hmm. outside of um what I knew about God what I knew about myself what I knew about different things and like those relationships which I gained relationships I'm now talking about relationships in the sense of platonic or like in a romantic sense or any kind of sense those relationships that I had challenged me to introspectively look within myself and see like who am I because a lot of the time I was meeting people that were saying why do you do this and why do you Mm. and it wasn't in a not all the time (laughs) they weren't (laughs) always trying to be malicious they were coming from a place of I honestly Mm. don't understand or see from your perspective so you're going to have to explain explain yeah I think sometimes we're so hard set in our ways that we just can't explain to other people and we don't want to explain to other people because mm. it's logical like not everybody lives the way that you live yeah I feel yeah, like yeah. that was kind of like the one of the kind of like nudge points for me to start miseducated because or miseducate because I can't mm-hmm. even get the name of my own podcast and blog right but that's kind of like one of the nudges for me to like start doing more research. A lot of the blog posts which I have written prior is very much from an experience, but also from somebody giving me a different perspective to see on. Mm. And so like, I think that in a relationship, like in now a romantic relationship, I feel like that is like kind of like on steroids sometimes oh my gosh because yeah. it's like they really hold it it's not even just a mirror they hold it to your face they're like look look at all this look at it look at yourself what is <laughs> look at yourself what is that <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what they do and it's like it's it's really hard to explain because you're just like but this is this is just all I've ever known yeah yeah like when like that time I was trying to explain what a my previous my previous partner once asked 
um, my mum had done washing and he looked outside and was like, what's that? And if you're Kenyan, you will know what I'm talking about. But I was like, it's a shukar. And he was like, but what's a shukar? And I was like, I was really wrapping my brain. And I was like, it's a shukar. <laughs> I remember even when I told you, Sylvia, I literally was yeah. like, I was trying to explain what a shukar is. And you were like, it's a shukar. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I don't know that. Nobody knows that. <laughs> I don't explain to someone what a shukar is. A shukar is a shukar. <laughs> I think I also said it to mom as well. And she was like, it's a shukar. <laughs> like if you're Kenyan, you just uh, like you just know what I'm talking about because it's no. like it's a shukar. <laughs> I don't need to explain. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah. yeah. But I really had to like find the language, and sometimes you just don't have the language mm-hmm. to describe your experience. But you need yeah. to venture outside so that you can see from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. And learn, and learn. Um, that language, how to explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, especially if it's like something that you've never had to explain in your life and then suddenly this person that's like supposed to be, you know, a great intimate part of your life and then now they're questioning things that you're just like, that don't even need to be questioned. You're just like, what is this? Like, it's so confusing. It's such a confusing um yeah, such a confusing experience. I was gonna say situation, but like experience. Um, mm. because yeah, the more you share your life with someone, the more it's like laid out for like inspection and microscope like anal- analysis. It's like it's uncomfortable. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it is uncomfortable, but I think that's like that's kind of like the point of it is that you're never really supposed to be comfortable you're always Mm. supposed to be like challenging yourself yeah Mm. you're always supposed to be like we're constantly evolving as beings we're constantly growing and with growing comes pain yeah yeah like growing pains not as in like you should always be you know rolling around Um, I hope that you're not if you're listening to this I hope that you're not in physical pain Um, but like it is important that you that you are always kind of like challenging yourself to continue to strive and keep growing beyond what you are capable of doing yeah I think if you're stagnant in yourself and within relationships that you have with multiple different people then you need to question what your circle is like who is Mm -hmm. Who are these people that you are holding close? Why yeah. are they to not necessarily be better, but to just kind of look within yourself? I don't even think it's about like reaching for the top. It's more about like reaching within. Mm. Yeah. That's and a deep. It becomes like a, a spiral because like the more that you learn to love yourself, the more you really introspectively look within yourself and hold yourself Mm. accountable and you can say Sarah you shouldn't have done this you Mm. shouldn't have done this at this time because you know it did xyz and then also question that thought of but why but why but why I feel like Mm. it's kind of like a you need to explain some of the way that in a relationship it was very much like a why do you do this and it's like because of this but why but why but why and I feel like you also need to have that kind of same relationship with yourself 
Mm. Same way that you have to explain to your partner or to your friends, like, this is why I do this, this is the culture, tradition, da 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 da. You also then have to ask, but why? But why? why? But why? Mm. But why? And then, like, I learned a lot. It's interesting because I feel like from my previous partner, I learned a lot about my own culture because my Mm -hmm. parents then had to explain to this person, this is why we do X, Y, Z. And I was like, I didn't even know that myself. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Why didn't you guys tell me? And it's like, well, you never asked. And it's like, there you go. You need Mm -hmm. to ask yourself questions. Yeah, and I think yeah. No, I was gonna say I think um, especially if you have like um, like a a Kenyan Christian (laughs) background, (laughs) I think culturally and religiously we have been brought up almost to just see things like this is how things are. Don't question it. Don't. Yeah face value, don't question my authority, don't question, uh, you know, the Bible, don't question anything, like, this is just the way things are, get on with it, and it wasn't, I have to say, it wasn't until, like, my relation, my, my previous partner, when he used to ask me questions about, like, like, yeah, about religion, and, because he didn't believe in God, he was an atheist, so he would ask me questions, and, like, he, it wasn't even necessary. I don't even think he necessarily, I don't know. Did he mean it in a malicious way? I don't know. But like, it used to like irk me. I'm like, why are you asking? Why are you asking me like that? You know, you know, you have your belief. I have my belief. Why do you have to like prod me, poke me? Like, but then I was like, but then why am I getting annoyed? What, what is it like? What is it about me that um, is like being irritated from him asking these questions. And it's because I'd never even asked myself these questions or never questioned the church or never questioned my upbringing. You know, it's just kind of like, it started, it starts bringing up things where you're just like, oh, interesting. But yeah, I think it's really important to um, have this relationship with yourself where you stop taking things at face value um, and start questioning things and, um, being a little bit more critical of it not necessarily critical but just like why always asking why um which kind of brings me on to this like interesting point because I saw yesterday um this Instagram post by Shan Booty again um <laughs> and she was talking about um, Booty, please come on to my podcast right Shan Booty please <laughs> she was talking about an interesting point where she was like yeah um it's really it's always really annoying um which kind of <laughs> I guess her and I think Shan Booty and Daniel Sloss should have like um a, a like debate because she was basically going against what uh Daniel Sloss was saying almost saying like you know it's really annoying when people say oh you should be alone um love yourself be alone she was saying she was talking about how actually being in relationships bring about um and bring growth in ways that you sometimes can't get when you're on your own so almost like a bit like we were talking about all the whys and the cultural things and um the challenges that we got from our previous partners that we never would have like challenged ourselves because um yeah we have like I guess yeah it's yeah I don't know um 
yeah I just wanted to ask what you thought on that on her like thoughts like whether you know um you should not always like yeah not always promoting sort of like being alone and self-love alone like you can still do that within relationships uh, romantic relationships specifically I think you should always be in a space where you're learning I Mm. think you should always be in a space where you're learning unlearning and relearning as I like to say on this podcast um because in my relationship I did learn a lot but I also learned a lot alone and I think Mm. it's this kind of like you should be able to bring both lessons together because I feel like nothing is ever really like one set answer. Yeah. It's never like a linear, okay, this is what you learned. Like there are always going to be lessons that you learn that contradict each other. And there is a middle ground because as I said before, we're complex human beings. It's like, you do need to be alone so that you can love yourself. You Mm. do need to be okay with yourself to be comfortable within yourself like truly deeply comfortable within yourself where you can ask yourself questions and it's not this kind of like guessing game of is it this is it that like you need to be able to discern your own voice but Mm -hmm. also need other people because with other people come different perspectives Mm -hmm. and like I like to say this a lot but like when I'm asking people, like when I'm talking to different people, they can give me their opinion and they can give me like their perspective. But at the end of the day, whatever decision I'm making is my own. Yeah. Like, yes, that person could say, you know, X, Y, Z, I think you should do X. Um, Mm. At the end of the day, it's my decision whether I do X. I was influenced by that friend, but I was also influenced by talking within myself and being like, well, these are the pros and cons for X, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's between, you know, X and Y. I've talked to my friend. My friend has said X. Why? Because from their perspective, they see something. Oh, I didn't even see that. Let me add that to my pros and cons. At the end of the day, it's still your decision. Like you're a responsible human being. I think also it's uncomfortable to be in the driver's seat of our lives. Yeah when all these different things could should satisfy us and it's kind of like you know having this kind of like tower to the top of like success even I mean even if we go back to like the hierarchy of needs it is this kind of like one epitomal thing of like of self-actualization but it's kind of like maybe it's not like this kind of pyramid maybe it's not a tower or a skyscraper maybe Mm. like a circle yeah maybe instead of going like reaching up so that we can grow we go in ourselves we go within ourselves like mm-hmm. and like in a relationship you should be challenged but you shouldn't love like you should have somebody that loves you for you mm. not for yeah. who they think you are because it doesn't yeah. work because it's like you're not happy because after a while mm. I don't know why I thought about this but like remember that one Christmas where <laughs> where Becky was like at the end of the day Mickey Mouse comes from Disneyland takes off his hat takes off his head do you remember that oh yes when Becky was like yeah yeah he he just and he's a normal person it's like yeah. stop being a Mickey Mouse in your relationship yeah take but that's not who you are take off your head take off your costume you are Steve 26 that works in 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 communications okay 
you are in communication steve take off your head be who you are own yourself yeah own it <laughs> own yourself on that cigarette break yeah you're an entertainer <laughs> or like, i don't know why i thought about um also like a re- you know how we talk about faith by works mm-hmm. i also thought about like relationship by works so almost like when I, I just thought about Malcolm and Marie, how almost like Marie should be grateful to Malcolm because, you know, he was there during her recovery period and he drove her to rehab and he did this and he did that. And whilst, yes, he was there for her, I was like, that's not that's not a reason for her to stick around and in the relationship um, just because he did all these things. I mean, also... As humans, we do these things for people and we shouldn't in debt, put people in debt to those actions. Um, we should just do them selflessly. Like when, like the principle of giving money, when you give money away to someone, you should give money away and don't expect it back. Mm-hmm. Because if you expect it back, you're just going to be disappointed mm-hmm. um, when someone doesn't give you your money back. And you're just like chasing this person like, hey, hey, can I have my money back? And it just makes relationships awkward. And, you know, you don't you don't know that person's financial situation, whatever. But it's like, if you choose, if you choose to give money, you have the option to give. If someone asks you for money, you have the option. You can say no and don't do it or say yes and don't expect it back. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's... Willingly. Sorry? You have to do it willingly want to. You have to willingly want to do it. Yeah. And I think we need to do that with actions as well. Like we need to say, no, I'm not in an emotional place to do that. Or yes, and do that for somebody and just not expect anything back. Mm. Because if we're always doing things in a place of like, I'm going to reap a reward or I'm going to reap something, a benefit from this, then we will always be constantly disappointed. Mm. constantly I think we're human we're just incapable of living up to one another's expectations because like you said we can't read each other's minds Mm. (laughs) it's kind of narcissistic and self-centered that you're doing it for somebody else so that you can reap the reward later Mm. like people are not they're not farm they're not commodities yeah (laughs) they're not farm this idea of yeah again being seen as like commodities selling yourselves and then on like selling yourself as this commercial commodity and then Mm. kind of like somebody else sewing into you giving you the love that you need so that then you can later on give them what they need and I think it's it doesn't work like that no it doesn't work it doesn't work like that because it's like why are you going into a relationship thinking that you are entitled to something Mm. entitled to me right it's like what like I'm gonna name drop because I think she'll be okay with it but like it's like what Frida once said to me like having a friend knowing that person is a privilege Mm. it's a privilege to know information about your friend about your partner everything that they share with you is is like it's a beautiful privileged like kind of sacred thing for them to do to share their lives with you they don't have to they are not Mm. entitled to but they want to and I think Mm. that want is even is 
for me, greater than need. Mm. Because something yeah. that you need, it's like you don't care what it is. You just, you need to have it. Like yeah. you're starving. Nobody's going to be like, well, um, I want, I would prefer this. I prefer <laughs> you know, pasta instead of um, rice. It's like <laughs> when you're starving, you need to fulfill that physiological need. But when mm. you want something, it's like I'm choosing yeah I'm choosing to be with you I'm choosing to sow into you not so that I can reap a reward but because it's a privilege to be around you and I feel Mm. like that's kind of like love that's like an aspect of love where it's like I'm choosing you I want Mm. to be around you and I see it as a privilege rather than an investment that I'm later going to reap Mm. like I'm doing this not necessarily for me but doing it for you because it is a privilege to know somebody else yeah yeah it's a privilege to be in their company it's a privilege to get to know them it's a privilege that they are telling you secret things about themselves that they don't necessarily need to yeah and things that they haven't told maybe other people as well um or they're like finding the language to finally express things that they've never um yeah expressed before but yeah I think um I think sometimes also like maybe are some unrealistic expectations on what a partner should be and what a partner should and must should and like must do like maybe plays into that as well like I think often we we're like oh yes our partner needs to be our best friend they need to be this they need to be that they need to be our best friend our lover our teacher our guidance our light (laughs) like all these different things when really I just think it's like it's something you just choose to like share your life with Mm. and like not to say that they cannot be all these other things but like expecting them to be like all these other things um it's a lot it's a lot for one person and I think it's important to have like relationships outside of like your if you do choose to have a romantic partner it's important to have relationships outside of that where you do get fed emotionally and like spiritually from other people whether that be your family uh your co-workers your friends your school friends like you know you need it's it's really important to have these friendships um outside of your romantic relationship because if you don't have them then you put all this pressure on one person to meet these needs that they cannot just humanly they cannot meet all these needs they cannot it's it's impossible um which is why I really like Esther Perel who's this like um relationship therapist of course I have to drop in Esther Perel when we're talking about relationships and she talks about like how back in the day you know um marriage was a transaction it was a transaction of wealth, really. That's all it was. And you got married for, yeah, essentially wealth and um, for women to also be financially stable and looked after. Um, and then, you know, you would <laughs> have this person that you're married to um, and, you know, you'd have kids from them. But then you also had like your best friend and you would also have like um what's it called you would have your like lover on the side (laughs) and you would have like church for your spiritual needs and you'd have like all these different people that you can find in um 
because you didn't place all that on one person you didn't place it on your marriage on the person that you were married to um and today we marry for love we marry for love we marry um not for necessarily wealth um and yeah and it's like the needs and the requirements for marriage have changed and we expect yeah all, all these people to like fulfill like this huge role to be a great parent to be a good teacher to be um your best friend to be a great lover to be a great um I don't know fitness partner or whatever like we want all this in one person it's just unrealistic it really is it's unrealistic to have all this on one person um but then I also think it depends on um whether like how you both view relationships because I think whilst I think it's important to be if you want all this in one person (laughs) then I think you need somebody who also has that same approach Mm. like you're going to be my everything and we are each other's everything um or like because I think I heard about like these two different types of approaches it's like okay you come into a relationship and it's like I'm a whole person you're a whole person and we choose to be together and you know we're still two individuals in this relationship or you know other other people take this um approach where it's like I'm half of a so you're my other half so I'm one half you're the other half together we're whole we do everything together we are team team married for life or whatever (laughs) like you know um and I think it's really important that you both have the same approach because what happens is if someone says oh yeah you're my better half and you have a whole person coming into a relationship you're gonna butt heads you're gonna butt heads because it's like there are needs and desires that the person who's individual who feels like you know I'm an individual I need time for me I need space for me um you know and then there's going to also be needs and desires from the person who's like oh yeah we are half and half we're a team you know that they're going to have that just each of them are not going to be able to like um to to meet essentially like it's just it's not possible um and I think it's important to establish um yeah I think it's important to establish like your relationship values before you even get into a relationship but the problem is it's like when you get into a relationship it's like oh everything's great nobody wants to rock the boat it's like oh it's romantic it's amazing it's great and it's like okay now let's have some serious conversations but honestly I think that is what's going to save us in the long run (laughs) and I think it's from like I think it needs to be established from early but that Mm. and that fear of I don't want to rock the boat needs to be conquered from early because Mm -hmm. as Daniel said you will like not you will because depending on how you want the rest of your life to look like this could be your like forever partner this could be like the person that you get married to but like if you don't get over that fear from early, then you you might get to a stage where it's like, well, it's either they leave me or they die because I <laughs> ro- like I can't leave them because I don't want to be the person that rocks the boat. Mm. It's like this idea of like saving face. So it's like if you don't do it, then if you don't communicate from early, 
if you don't realize that it's not just about but I love him I love her I love them <laughs> like it's yeah. not about that it's about also having thorough good communication for both of you understanding the other person and not just prioritizing the love that you have for one another but also prioritizing the love that you have for yourself because mm. that also comes in as a factor into your relationship because it yeah. determines how you act because yeah. if you don't love yourself then you're looking for love from somebody else so then they have to now love you for you yeah and it's like that's that's too much of a tiring job to put on the other person do they yeah. want to do that Probably yeah not. they did not sign up for that but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so as we draw to a close Sylvia what would you say what would you say to the listeners about kind of the miseducation of love? I always have to put in the word miseducation. Of love. <laughs> of love, I'm, relationships, etc. Everything that we've talked about. Uh, I would say um, the biggest miseducation about love is that self-love does not stop when you get into a relationship prioritize you in a relationship because I think when you both prioritize one like yourselves you will both make decisions that are best for yourselves and for one another you act in a place of self-love from for yourself and for the other person because I think of times where I have not acted (laughs) out of self-love and it's not only just been a detriment to me but it's also been a detriment to the person that I was in a relationship with so remember to love yourself Mm. and also make sure yeah make sure you're in a relationship with someone who who also loves themselves as well do the worst thing you can do is honestly like be in a relationship with someone who quite evidently um doesn't love themselves and don't be like oh I can love them it's gonna be okay I can do it no you can't do it for them no (laughs) people if you could see that they don't love themselves run (laughs) run I'm not saying run but I mean don't run away them you can encourage them but at the end of the day you can't do the job for them exactly she said it (laughs) so yes those are my my closing statements but anyway (laughs) Thank you, Sylvia, for being on this episode. You are welcome. Podcast. <laughs> and I hope to be back for another episode. Of course, of course. I don't know many people. <laughs> we'll probably be back in the next episode as well. <laughs> it will be just Sylvia and Sarah talks. <laughs> well, just as I thought not trash. My sister will get that reference. If you guys got that reference, Good on you. We have good taste. You have good taste. Anyway, what did I learn from this episode? Firstly, I learned that the success of a relationship is what you learned about yourself and about that relationship. It seems really cliche to say this, but there are lessons to learn within your heartache and failures. There are new things to learn in the things that are past and gone additionally this idea of staying true to yourself as well as understanding that self-love does not stop when you are in a relationship but those are just a few of the things I learned 
What lessons did you learn? What lessons did you learn in your own heartbreak or failures? Let me know by following me on social media. The handle is at miss.educate. And let me know the next topic that you want to hear about. Also, don't forget to catch up on blog posts at miseducateblog.com and add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts. Check out the description for resources referenced in this episode and continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to my big sister, Sylvia, for being on this episode. And make sure to rate, review, share, and share this podcast with a friend because you know we love it when you do that. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducation Podcast. The Miseducation what? The what? I just forgot the name of my own podcast. That's so sad. (laughs) And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. See you later, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.